Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Papa Poopy's Podcast. I'm joined by some awesome guests, Ben and Josh. Introduce yourselves, guys. Hi guys, I'm Josh. Uh, I don't know exactly what else you want me to tell, talk about myself, but uh, I've worked at camp for, this is summer number eight. I currently live up in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, going to school as an environmental and outdoor education major. Hey guys, I'm Ben. Um, this is my fifth summer at camp. Um, third summer as a co-instructor. Um, I live in Madison, Wisconsin, going to UW Madison for school for chemical engineering. Oh, that's great. Um, so I take that both of you, um, you guys do rock climbing together at Camp Phillips, right? Yep. Yeah. And outside of camp too, we'll go climbing. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. Um, we've gone to, so I think mostly there's a place right outside of camp called the Pinot Wall they've gone to. They've been looked at, so they've been there a few times. Um, a lot of fun, so. Yeah, and then, uh, actually this weekend, Ben and I are going up to the North Shore of Lake Superior to go climbing. Ooh, at yeah. Tedaguch State Park. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. So then, um, I take it that you guys have been friends for a while then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it definitely, we've known each other for a while. It definitely started a few, year ago, a few years ago when we started working together. I definitely grew from that a lot but like, yeah. we definitely knew each other i don't know when i first met you i couldn't tell you <laughs> no i i definitely like uh i've known different hosses for a long time i yeah. don't know if i ever knew ben's brother brad but i knew Corey for sure some um seen the different Corys or the different hosses rather around at different events um what's your dad's name again jeff 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 is Jeff has always been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, somebody that I thought deserved a little bit more praise than he got sometimes, for sure. Aw, yeah, cute. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. So then I take it that you guys really enjoy rock climbing. Oh yeah, that's a huge passion of mine. It's basically what I do is climb at a school and then climb more, but <laughs> then maybe school and then climb. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I know, like last fall, I was doing a lot more of it. Then Derek. Oh. Cool. Oh, they're um, young. What do you expect? Yeah. 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 Usually, I like to record them later at night um, when there's not as many people running yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yes. Hello. Hello. So then, um. <laughs> um. I, so I'm really curious about this question. Um, so you you guys are familiar with Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so you know that George Lucas was the creator. He had a vision for Star Wars, um, but then later along, the um, he wanted to go back and create new versions of it um, with like the new CGI with the trilogy and everything. Um, so that brings up a question that fans have been deciding for a long time and arguing Who about. Who shot first? No, not who shot not first, who but shot close. First. Is that which one is more right? An author's an author's work that they like. This is their. This is what their dream is. This is what their vision is, and this is what they want to go with. Or what is arguably the better version of it mm-hmm. by audiences? Like, which one do you go with? I don't know. It's it's like always a hard question. I think that as as you like watch newer versions of those movies. There's some specific things that just feel so out of place because they are, like, CGI'd in. Um, and, like, you can, like, tell. Maybe, like, they just don't feel like they're actually on the screen or whatever. Like, those are the things that 
they just, I personally don't really think they belong in there. They don't add that much, like adding some weird creature in the background of the Tatooine um, uh, in the New Hope. I think there's one of those that are added. Mm -hmm. But I know that, like, there's some very, very original versions that came out where, like, Han goes around that corner into, like, that bay of stormtroopers, and most of those stormtroopers were not there in the very original release. And I think it adds to it to have, like, 40 or 50 stormtroopers or however many they had in there versus, like, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the stuff that actually feels like it fits in properly, I don't have a problem with. But Yeah, I see some of that, too. I definitely feel like more of what, what the author intends and stuff is better. I know at least with Star Wars, once Disney took over and stuff, a lot of those I don't really like. I mean, sure, they're good movies. Um I mean, obviously they're doing it because it makes a lot of money, but I do prefer the original three, like the now four, five, and six. I think those are best just because they're kind of like the first ones out, getting started and stuff, even though they might not be the best, like quote unquote, but that's what I think like Star Wars should be is. It's those three movies are the first ones that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's just been debated, debated so much that like, you know, you, there's the original ones that had no CGI in them, and uh, then you have the, the new releases that added the CGI to everything, and it was more of what George Lucas wanted to see, but a lot of people would argue that the originals are better, um, and it's just hard to think, do you go, like, as a producer, do you go with what the author and what he's created, do you go with what his vision is, or do you go with his, like, you know, which is arguably better in every way. Like, I'm talking Jurassic, like, this scene is ten times better with this, but the author wanted it like this. Like, take Stephen King, for example, with his mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. I think, though, like, I think part of that debate comes down to the fact of, like, if, if you're creating something, after you put it out there, should you be allowed to change it, or should it just be allowed to exist as you made it at, and how you put it out? Like, you, if you write a book... You don't get to now, 50 years later, go back and rewrite the book. Nobody's going back and rewrite, like rewriting like Catcher in the Rye or something like that. So, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, you should probably just, he made it. He put it out there. He should probably be done with it. And if he wants to change something, he should make a new one. Make something different. But those movies are out there. They exist. They should be left to exist as they do. Yeah, I agree with that too. I feel like there's a little bit though you can take with it and like take some ideas with that. Like specifically, like the Mandalorian, fantastic show with the Star Wars Definitely. universe. But I feel like that's far enough away. That's its own thing, just within the same like universe. Mm -hmm. And like it's not a movie; it's a TV series. It's very different. So you're still getting all that Star Wars like fans from it, but you're also not sticking in with that main storyline, taking over that author. I think also kind of with books is saying. Um, what came to mind for me was Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. They had the original books written, and then J.K. Rowling will keep putting out more and more of like, oh, this character is, like, she'll say like they're gay or something, and like, okay, like it might not affect the book that much, but she gets a lot of, like, think a lot of people are angry at her from that, just from that. And I don't necessarily think she needs to do any of that. I think they should mm -hmm. stay as is. Harry Potter books are fantastic. You don't need to change anything or, like, the identities on the characters, anything like that. I feel like, yeah, those were definitely shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were just based yeah. off of what's going on now and stuff. Like, sure, like, 
like your identity, like what you identify as, or sexuality is much more prevalent nowadays, and it's much more a talked about topic. The back mm-hmm. when she wrote those books, it really wasn't. So sure, it's an important thing to talk about, but I don't think to go back to what you already written and try to change things with that. Like, I don't think that's the way to do it. Maybe who? I mean, like honestly, who knows whether or not that was her original intention for that character? Mm-hmm. But she didn't write a lot of them. She didn't write extremely that way, the way that she is now saying that they are. So, like. It just sometimes feels like liberal platitude and just like trying to like put all of this stuff out to try to get this audience that she doesn't have as much or to make them happier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like um, we see a lot. What was the term used? Liberal platitude. Platitude. Yeah. It's like um, trying to like like buttering somebody up. Is mm-hmm. maybe a really dumbed down version of it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I understand. I, I guess I don't know a real great way to to define that word anyways mm-hmm. i know what what it is i just don't know how to define it well <laughs> no it's all right it's all right do you feel like we we see a lot more of that um nowadays liberal platitude yeah definitely some yeah. i think there's just as much towards like a, a republican side and the and the right side there's a lot of people that just really just play up their their uh entrenched attitude and like elevate it for the sake of like getting views or getting mm-hmm. clicks or whatever mm-hmm. you want, whatever thing you want it to do, outrage culture, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like a lot of that. Like I feel like you kind of get into the cancel culture too, which I just like was talking about. I looked into that because I didn't know what it was a few days ago. But really, yeah, I, I don't know why. I just <laughs> never heard that term before. But I think you're also kind of getting into some of that, like. So things like now are very different from there were 30 years ago. So you could say things 30 years ago and that's totally normal. Like I would say that. Yeah. And then people are getting flack from that from what they said like 30 years ago. Yes. But mm-hmm. that was normal back then. Like that's what the people did. I don't think they'd necessarily, I don't think there was right saying that, but I don't think you should get in trouble nowadays for saying something you did 30 years ago, yeah, or even absolutely. like five, 10 years ago. It's drastically changing. You should learn through it. You should change. Yeah. Obviously you can say, okay, I was wrong, but to, be like with the cancel culture stuff like not necessarily you should lose all respect for that i think it should be like fine changing and stuff you should accept that change like i think that we should promote change in people Mm -hmm. personally yeah like instead of dividing it up yeah Yeah. Yeah. we should put people down for what they said before we should build them up and change them and make them better yeah it's like this whole idea of um of like uh, allowing people to grow and to change, and like it just seems so unproductive to me to like try to shame publicly shame people into changing. Oh yeah, uh, especially if yeah. they if they had something, especially from like five years ago. And if you looked on their stuff now, they're not talking that way anymore. Like, what's the, what are you accomplishing by like just so publicly shaming them mm-hmm. into submission for something that they? clearly don't even have a track record for anymore. Right, because maybe they've but, already made the change, too. Yeah, maybe they yeah. understand that, like, wow, 10 years ago, I was kind of kind of a crappy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, maybe I'm just not... Now I've changed a little bit. You mm-hmm. get some, like... Um, you get some, like, self-reflection and, like, builds off some self-reflection. Yeah, my brother, who he's... um My oldest brother, his name's Cody. Uh, he was a, he's my half-brother, and he's about... He's turning 26 this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me that, you know, stuff I posted when I was in high school, I really regret doing right now. It's definitely was not okay when I was doing. And it really it really shows that, you know, everyone everyone's self-aware at some point, and mm-hmm. I think they grow. Um, 
but speaking of, I know you mentioned talking about growing earlier. Uh, how do you feel as though, um, do you feel as though the Girl Scouts have uh, perfectly, I shouldn't say perfectly, but have they grown and meshed well? I'm not, what's the word I'm looking for? Not meshed well, but like they've intertwined well with the Boy Scouts. And do you just mean like a, the female Scouts that yes, are now in? Yeah, uh, the female like Scouts, Scouts that are now BSA, in. BSA, like yes, the term. The BSA. Um, like, I guess, yeah, the official How do you think that they've, have they've, 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 uh, entered or you know what i'm trying to yeah say. yeah i guess you mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i i've been like really happy so far with like us like transitioning to having girls inside of it i know like the first girl that i had for any programming for actual scouts um was leslie nelson <laughs> um i had her in cope which really turned into like um we didn't have enough people to run our our ropes course program uh, where you like run through uh, a low ropes course with your team and build off a team and get these like uh, different leadership development and these character development stuff. So uh, the week that she was up, we didn't have enough people. So we turned it into this little like mini high adventure uh, trip thing. Uh, And each day we did like some different activity uh, with the three, her and the two other kids that we were with. Um, so we got to do a bunch of different fun stuff around camp. Um, and like now I have this week, we have the second girl that I've ever had go through the actual ropes course program and she gets to go through it with nine other kids, uh, which has been really cool. Um, and generally my experience with having girls around is, has been they're they're better behaved. Um, they're way more enthusiastic to be here. They're, Mm -hmm. they want to be here so much more. Uh, they're really proactive in what they're doing. Um, so like, I think that it has been just phenomenal and fantastic and like a shot in the arm that Boy Scouts really needed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with a lot of that too. Um, I'd also point out like for some of it, there's still like majority of the people in the program are still on boys and not girls yet, but it's just, I think it's a process. They got to grow. And kind of see, like, hey, this is for everyone. Anyone who can do this. It's a lot of fun for both genders. Um, and that works. Um, so I think, it, but it's an absolutely great choice. I, w- I wish they did it sooner. But, like, you can't be mad that they did it eventually. And it's working great so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree with what you were saying about being well-behaved, more enthusiastic. I've noticed that as well with um, girls in my, um, at the marina. Um, how do you feel, how do you, I guess, have you observed any, um... I guess problem tension, girl, yeah, tension. problem tension between okay. the boys and the girls. Um, I don't think that I've had experience too much. Uh, I know back when on Leslie's first year of staff, uh, there was like some weird moments with a specific individual who also ended up working on staff. So I'm not gonna say their name. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that it was just really weird, and they like the person like asked if she was around this year and I kind of had to like tell him like she is, she works on staff here. Cause I, and it just seemed really awkward and weird. And, like he was talking about how he was like going to go over to cub world and go say hi. And I was like, you should not do that. Cause that's really weird. Mm. Um, and, but we like handled it and I, I definitely have talked to, I think that I've seen more tension with, like female staff and boys than I have between boys and 
female participants. Yep, I would agree with that. I've definitely seen the this female staff a little bit getting hit on by a lot of the scouts. Which yeah, is, like no whenever issues. I see that, like immediately I'll stop that. Like, tell them, like this is not okay. This is could be harassment. Like, if I see this again, like you could be kicked out of scouts for this. Like, this is not a joking matter. Like, this is very mm -hmm. serious. Don't do that. It's not funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely heard stories um, from them, um, and. Actually, I do recall one experience that was really weird to me. Well, I was I was weirded out by it personally. Yeah. It was um it was last year, and I was lifeguarding the beginner section, and uh, there was this one uh this one guy in particular who was um just swimming around with his his buddy. They were messing around. They they seemed to be a little bit more rough. Um, a little bit they like to kind of dance around the rules a bit. Like they would maybe like brisk briskly walk on the dock or. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of gotcha. not there, but picking up what you're yeah. setting down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're picking up what I'm throwing down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um these two girls these two girl scouts were partnered up and they just got out of the beer intersection and uh I heard the kid go, No, no and I turned my head thinking something happened, like, oh he lost his goggles in the water or something. He's like, No. I go, What's wrong? His buddy goes, Oh, he's he's just sad that the girls just left. And he's like, Oh, they were so hot. And um, being my first year on staff, I was very uncomfortable, and I I just said, "Oh, oh okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah." That's that's all I can really muster yeah. up. I just said, "Okay, um, yeah." That's and I I definitely uh, I definitely thought that was going to be an issue. Uh, stuff like I was expecting way more stuff like that I when I, um, I, I was going to be on, on. Uh, when girls were entering Boy Scouts. I was definitely expecting more of that. Yeah, I I don't think that... So, like, it's weird out at Copen Climbing because the maximum number of kids that we can have in a week uh, take away uh, the take away the open zipline um, allotment of people that can do that in a week is 30. So we, on a max in a week, regular, like, daily interact, daily interactions with 30 different kids. Um, which usually has never been that high. Like it has usually, not at, ever at been most high. like twenty. Twenty is, like this week yeah. is like that. I think it's like about twenty. But yeah, like, we got twenty people this week that we interact with every day. Uh, and this week we have two girls. One of them is in two classes. Um, we have three actually. Oh, that's right. We do have three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have. I was thinking three at first, but then I thought that was wrong. Um, yeah, we have three girls. Um, and like. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had to deal with that yet. Um, but well, that should be a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure that can't be easy. Um, we've, yeah, I've handled that way more with staff and older scout male scouts than I have with, mm. with youth on youth. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I say that's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Not knowing, I mean, knowing that it's not happening that often compared to all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it just makes me happy. It yeah. makes me kind yeah. of proud of Boy Scouts that we can still be Scouts and still have different genders yep. in the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Yep. You had much more than that out at Aquatics for, for like, weirdness. Um, I feel like that could be a place where yes. you see it more. Especially because of swimsuits. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, especially yeah. because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the only time I can actually recall maybe... A boy was gazing at one point, kind of that. That's I mean, as I'm far sure as at go. some point, yeah, right. Yes, we have all had wandering eyes. 
at yes. some point in time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, girls do it too. Girls yeah. definitely do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you think is a story that, specifically more at camp, that you guys could tell someone that would inspire them? What's something that just really helped you out of a situation? Um, like, you mean, like, me coming up or, like, me like, working like, with somebody on staff? Yeah, like, like let's say you, um, there's a kid that you just helped with and you, like, talked him through and then you gave some motivational words that someone listening like this could get inspired by. I mean, for me, I think, like, our area specifically, we deal with heights. So, like, we do climbing, we do zipline, high ropes, of course. So, it's very common for us to, like, talking with kids who are with fear and stuff. Um, I had a specific one last year, I believe it was, a kid going down the zip line, and I could tell already as soon as he's up there, he was really scared. And I got to work through with him, and I think it took like probably at least half an hour, but he and him going to the top of the tower or climbing tower, a zip line starts from, well, him walking back down, him trying again, walking back up there, him walking back down because he's going to do it. Then him walking like the third time, he finally did it. And it's things like that, like, he never gave up. Like, he, he was very afraid, but he set his mind to it, keep working on it. And it took us a while, but I'm, I will sit there for as long as it takes for get that kid down the zip. And it took a while, but if it needed to take like three hours, like it, it might take that. But that kid, like he, he was pushing himself really hard and he pushed through. And so, and at any point was your pace and patience the same dwindling maybe? Um, for me, I mean, it definitely like is evaluation too, especially a time. Like we want to stay up there as, long as we can to work with the kid like obviously we do have programs after that we have to get to but like we want to stay as long as we can but it's always just working with the kid that kid's my number one priority right then um obviously they have all the kids waiting to go back and like you just have to drive them back but like right there that's not my matter like i'll take as much time as i need to focus on this one kid yeah that's kind of been our, our like go-to is like if if a kid is still willing to like work at trying to go down even if he doesn't like we're we're gonna be there till he's ready to call it quits Mm -hmm. um but um so like one one story that i can think of is also from last year um but a little preface to it um there a few years ago for and for like a number of years for like my first two years as culpin climbing director um the troop that uh, from Janesville would come up every year. Um, and there was like an adult leader who would bring his daughter with all the time. Um, and she didn't really like do classes or anything. She just like came along for the week and did whatever and like hung out and was, had some fun because this was still before, uh, female scouts were allowed in the BSA. Mm -hmm. Um, so she would come and they'd hang out. Uh, and I, I used to like have some like I, I just was not the biggest fan of the dad, but, um, his kid's really cool. Um, and, uh, he would come, he and his daughter would come out to open climb like those two years, like every time, mm-hmm. uh, for our, when our climbing wall was open for, um, for like Thursday after during free time. Um, so they would come out and she'd be like so excited. Her name was Grace. Um, she'd be so excited to be climbing. They'd have a bunch of fun. We do a bunch of stuff. Usually, um, open climb is pretty, is pretty, um, 
sparse for people. So they get to do like a bunch of whatever they want for like the full hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having like a bunch of fun. She was just like really awesome energy to have around camp. Um, and then before last summer in the spring, uh, Grace died in a like boating accident with her fin- with like her troop, um, like a canoeing accident. Um, and so like her, she had some of the scouts who were on that trip who came up to camp um, from Janesville last summer. Oh, I, um, I remember hearing about this on yeah. stage, yeah. Yeah, um, so then I had a couple of their scouts who came out on that same Thursday that she would normally come to uh, to work on some rappelling. Uh, and because both of them had, that was like their, they were doing the camping merit badge, which has an optional requirement that you can um, rappel down a 30-foot face. Um, so they came out to do that. Um, so they were going to go once, and then they were going to be done, and that was kind of the idea. Um, so they came out, and I had the two of them up on top of the tower, and they were both, like, kind of scared to go. Um, like, we were talking about it, and, um, like, and then I started, like, bringing up how, like, Grace used to always come out there, and, like, she'd, like, do anything. She was always down for, like, really good attitude. She wanted to, like, do everything that she possibly could. Um, and, like, I still remember one of the kids mentioned how how he guessed, he bet that she was out here somewhere, like, just hanging out. Um, yeah. When, uh, I think both of them ended up going down. I guess the story kind of went somewhere else than I expected, was planning it to go, but, yeah. Yeah, um, that's, that's amazing to hear. You know, stories like that where someone can just keep prevailing, no matter what, they just put everything aside to go through that one goal, it's just amazing how humans like that, we can just, we can look that and see that from each other, and we just, we get the motivation to do it. Um, I know a funny story, I don't remember, but I think it might have been three years ago, I um I was doing ziplining for the first time, and I, I knew you were the instructor, and I went up the, uh, I was, well, we got to the tower, and I was, I saw the tower, I said, oh! That's a lot taller than I thought, <laughs> and, and um, we walked. We started getting saddled up, and um, that's when the stomach hits. We're like, "Oh, okay, yeah. I'm a little, oh, yeah. little, little, little stomachache here." Um, and then you know that's when you start being com- a little bit more quiet. Your shoulders go in a little bit more. You're a little bit more stiff. And my dad was actually coming up on the next bus, so he was mm. a bus right behind us, and. You know, you were giving instructions, talking to the whole class, not not really making eye contact with me. And I get up, walking up, like, oh, oh, that's a, that's a lot of stairs, ain't it? And uh, we get to the top, and I'm um, like, oh, no, nah, I kind of expected it to be this high. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at it, that point, it looks a lot yeah. higher yeah. when you get up there, mm-hmm. uh, too. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. yeah, and then. One by one, you were letting people off, and uh, you know how at the very top of the tower, there's that big structural pole in the mm-hmm. middle. I uh, remember it was getting closer to my turn. You had a, you had a like I think like strapped to the pole or mm-hmm. something like that, yep. so in case someone falls. And I remember it was getting close to my turn, and so you were like, "Excuse me, buddy," and you were you went underneath my string, and I go, oh, "Okay, I'm too <laughs> far back to the to the wall now," and I I literally start I clamped onto the uh, the pole and. 
you were just casually like, hey buddy, you wanna go down now? And I was like, uh, uh, no, I can't do it. And then I remember you guys tried for a little bit. I'm not sure if you were there, but I remember, Josh, you were there. You were wearing shades as well. Yeah. And uh, eventually I, I was like, I can't do this. And I, I walked down the stair, stairs of shame. Um, and it's then I not, went out there. It's not stairs of shame. <laughs> it's not shame at no, all. But it's, it's, it's not. But it, I, it's it not. felt like that to me. It felt like that yeah. to me. Um, I know, but like I hate that so much. Like we will occasionally have kids that that kids go back down the stairs. Like it's not a yeah. big deal. Um, at least in my mind, it's not a big deal. Well, I um, think as a person, I, if you have the this that you know you wanted to do something, but then you were too scared to do it, and then you you give up, you have that guilt, and with that, with how long those stairs are, it kind of gets you thinking like, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that, I should have done this. I'm such a you know. Just so many, such it's just a self reflection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I went out there and yeah. cried because <laughs> my dad was there, and I, I was I was doing it partially for him to make him happy because he loves when I try new things at Boy Scouts, and I cried mm-hmm. in his arms. It's yeah, okay. but he, he just yeah. he has a smile it's on his okay. face the whole time. I mean, for me, those kids, I almost like Blair because obviously they they have a big fear of that, but they still try. Like they're still doing their best. So like a lot of kids, they they go as if I know issue, but you gave it. You had to work a lot harder for that, even if you didn't go down like. That's what I care about is the, how hard you work. Yeah. Um, yeah, something that I always, like, bring up is, like, we're, we're there to expand your comfort zone. We're not there to force you down the zip line. Um, today, I had a kid that went back down the tower uh, instead of rappelling. Like, he climbed down the stairs. He didn't go off the side rappelling. Like, we're, we are there to... Um, for you to push yourself farther than you thought you could. We're not there to push you so far that you jump from like being a little bit scared to terrified. Um, mm-hmm. And when you feel like you have reached that point, that's, that's the time to be done. Like that's um, I'm, I can't don't specifically remember you going down this. No, definitely. Line. I wouldn't remember me, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm pretty, probably sure that I had, maybe have some vague recollection because you always i remember you looking a lot like jack but smaller and chubbier um, and chubbier. <laughs> when you were i think you were skinnier than jack though really jack was a big boy oh jack, he was yeah. jack he was, was a big sad. boy um but like i like it's all about like how you're willing to push yourself um i always like to say that one of my favorite things that are like mottos or slogans or things that have come out of scouting is the Cub Scout motto, which is do your best, Mm -hmm. which is all that anybody should ever expect from you um, and all that you can should ever expect from yourself. Um, So, like, it's all about, like, if you feel like you did everything that you could, why would I expect anything more from you? Um, I think think Cope is a good place to bring that out. Um, I know Ben has to wrap up and leave. I do have to leave soon, Um, Would you like to give a final word, any final thoughts, or anything else that you want the listener to walk away with? Um, really, just whatever you're going through, like, just do your best is what Josh is saying. But, like, work through it, work hard. I'm sure there's someone out there who will help you through it. Um, I get some things, but you're out of your comfort zone, and that's totally fine. That's where you grow. And so just don't be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for being you. here, Ben. Yep, thank you. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be sad that Ben's gone, but yeah, at least I have awesome Josh to be with me, Josh. <laughs> Thank so, you. No, no problem. I mean, I like you a lot. You're a cool guy. 
Um, do you think you could tell us a funny story about camp? Um, let's see. Some funny story. There's been so many different stories that start to forget stuff. I know that, um, how that feels. So, I know for a long time, uh, or for one year, I worked over at the Cub Scout camp. Um, and there was like one day while I was over at the Cub Scout camp, this is not going to be as funny as I thought. I just actually worked through it in my head. <laughs> well, so I mean, you've already started. I've already started. Ah. <laughs> so like I had like a session off cause we had few enough or like one of our rotations of uh program that we had do. I, so I had one of those rotations of program off. So I was like down in the fort, like just cooling off and chilling. And the fort yeah. being the fort being the like center of camp, uh, where they like ate, where the kids ate. Um, and I was just like chilling out on these like lawn chairs that they had there, um, relaxing because I it was like my only time off because I was that year I just had like so much stuff going on and Cub World is like it's like a ten to ten or like. 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. You're on all the time, and they're little kids, you know. And they're, they're little scouts, kids, so. and they're super energetic. Mm -hmm. So I was just chilling, and um, I was like, I decided for some reason, I decided that I was gonna like whittle this stick, as you know, also first year campers do, because um, <laughs> I found and for whatever reason, so I was like whittling the stick, and then. Uh, I like got some sandpaper from the handicraft supplies for like the for the crafts and arts and crafts like supplies um and like sanded it down and finished it and then for a long time I had it in my backpack as my zombie killing or like vampire killing like steak oh yeah um, yeah 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 through the heart right like, through always. the heart yeah mm -hmm. so you're that you're prepared um for a while oh I mean you always be prepared yeah, you with always the steak gotta be prepared with the with the steak definitely a steak um any other good stories? Hmm. Maybe something else will come up. And Don't worry. Well, if it. you ever, yeah, we can come yeah. back to it anytime. Mm -hmm. So then, um, was there ever a time where you feel like, wow, I really could have done better? And I know we see a lot of, I know with people on the podcast before, they've said that a lot of times when they see it, it's usually when it was their, their first year camper with like Will Salinas. He was saying that he would sometimes BS some of the stuff that he was doing uh, just so he could get through it and he sounded like he knew what he was doing mm -hmm. giving false information like that yeah definitely there's been like a few different times for sure i think it's always important to like try to do better a little bit little bit by little bit if nothing more um but like uh so like when i first started coping climbing um i i like uh was really unsure of myself um and like the the day, almost to the day that I finished my training, like I was up at camp and I was talking to Clint Olson, who was the Colburn climbing director when I was a camper. Um, and like talking to him about that, which was, he, it was also like the first time that I had seen him in like a number of years, um, including since I sent him my Eagle Scout mentor pin, uh, which is like for the person who like you really felt like impacted you um, and got you into Eagle Scout um, and like helped form you and get you to that point of finishing your project. Um, so it's like, it was kind of nerve wracking and like talking to him, like it really brought up like a bunch of stuff, like um, 
like I didn't know if I was going to be good enough to do it. Um, like really unsure of myself. Like I'm now in the same position that I felt impacted me so heavily when I was a camper and like, um, just like, I was just really like nervous and anxious and about it. Um, and like the first like two weeks of camp, I had like a bunch of kids that like didn't make it through the merit badge, which you should hypothetically, very hypothetically, depending on whether be able to get every kid through the merit badge. Um, Mm -hmm. including one of them was Russ Bauer, our camping committee chairman, uh, the person in charge of (laughs) all of our program stuff. It was one of them them was his son, Andrew, who's still up, is up here this week. Actually, Actually, fun fact, he's taking my canoeing merit badge as we speak. Yeah. He's a really good kid, but he was like, yay tall. Uh, he was very short at the time and he was like four years ago, younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I was just very anxious and like needed to figure out how to relax. Um, that being said, I also have been fired from Camp Phillips before. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Well, I won't make you talk about that unless you are no, comfortable okay. with it. Sure. Yeah. No, it's not a big deal anymore. Um, uh, definitely was at the time I felt like, but so it was my second year on camp staff and I was the, uh, order of the arrow coordinator. So there was, a uh, a Seder ceremony that, do you want to pause it? Yes, sure. As uh, you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like my second year on camp staff, excuse me, um, I was working as the OA coordinator. So basically my responsibilities that year were to build four fires, uh, log fire cabin, like five, six feet tall, uh, and learn some ceremony, like uh, run the ceremony that we did. It was basically like a stage performance. And Uh, if I may add a beautiful one, honestly, like mm -hmm. I think we captured the tradition of what it was supposed to be and what is it, what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a drum beating with bells dancing and, um, it's almost like a play, I would say. It's a lot like a play. But with a rhythm Um, to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was in charge of like running that, that essentially play, um, and performance on Friday night. Um, but when I was doing it that year, there wasn't a whole lot else that I had going on. Like I needed to like mow mow the the essentially stage because it's all grass. Mm-hmm. I had to like get those fires ready, um, but I didn't have any class responsibilities or anything that I was supposed to teach. Um, and as a fifteen year old turning sixteen, or yeah, yeah, fifth no sixteen year old turning seventeen that summer, um, I was not at all prepared to have that much freedom and lack of responsibility and or anybody that was really well keeping me in check. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically like for most of the day would like watch movies in my cabin while I was pretending to be learning my lines and doing a pretty shitty job of yeah. learning my Quote, lines. Unquote, pretending. Pretending yeah. to learn or like doing a really bad job of it. So you um, weren't cope director your second year? No. Uh, this was in when I was yeah, 16 turning 17. Oh, okay. Uh, so it'd be like eight eight years ago now. Is that the math, right math? 
I don't know, six, uh, seven or eight years ago. Uh, so long time ago. Yeah. Ages ago. Ages ago. Decades ago. Decades ago. <laughs> Maybe not quite a decade. Well, actually, it would have been in a oh, different really? decade. Oh, it's 2020 yeah. Now. It would have been in the 2010s. Wow, that's a different decade. Yeah, it does make me sound old. I've lived uh, through, I've been in three different decades now. Oof. Oof. Is right. God. Um, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, yeah, uh, would screw off in my cabin for most of the day watching movies and like I would build my fires like on Friday, the day that everything was supposed to be like set and finished and done and basically should have been like my easiest day. Um, and I was also, well, not doing the things that I was supposed to get done. I was lying about having them done. Um, and they were in fact checking that if I was doing things, they just weren't doing it very, um, to my face, uh, the, telling me that they were checking up on me and things like that. Uh, and so I, that was like two weeks and I did it twice in the, I did it both weeks and then I got fired the Sunday, uh, that started week number three. That also happened to be my birthday. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, like, I made it through the Friday, that Friday of, like, that second week. And, like, I knew I was in some deep shit. Like, I went mm -hmm. home. Um, I didn't hear anything Saturday. And I thought started to think, like, okay, I think I'm okay then, right? I think that I'm, I think that I'm okay. I think that I'm going to be clear. I think that I'm not going to get fired. And then I came back. Like, I had my, like, my mom dropped me off with my, or, like, I drove back up because I think I had one of our cars. Um, and my mom had given me this, like, ice cream cake Aww. that I, like, was going to share with some people. And, like, I got there and got pulled aside and got fired. And then I had to call my mom to come up and get my bike because I didn't have a bike rack. Uh, and then go back home and without telling, I didn't want to tell her why right away, mm -hmm. but I, of course I did. And she found out, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was your um, thought process when you were going through that, that whole stage of, Oh, am I going to get fired or, and then when you actually resolve came and you did get fired. Um, I think I was just, I think I just remember being like anxious and scared um, so long ago that I don't, I don't remember any particulars. I don't have the greatest memory either, but I just, I remember being like super anxious, like feeling that pit in your stomach, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. um, like having that like little bit of sweat at all times. Oh yeah. Um, arms are, arms are heavy. Knees yeah, are shaking. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Um, and I don't, I don't remember for sure. Like, lots of, I think just being anxious and, like, ra trying to rationalize it to myself mm -hmm. a little bit about... I have that. Yeah. I've done that plenty of times as well. Yeah, definitely. And then, like, finally, like, the, hit, the hammer came down and, yeah, squash. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you think or how do you want people to take away from your mistake? I think that I think the biggest thing that I learned from that is that like you have to own up to your stuff. Like um 
Culpa's like come back with that too. That's something that like I really nail, try to nail into kids. Like mistakes are okay and like you can make them. Um, but like you, if you make a mistake or you're not doing what you're supposed to, and you shouldn't be trying to hide it. You shouldn't be like pointing blame at somebody else. Like you got to own it. Um, cause I think especially like up here in most places and in work instances, like people are way more invested in keeping a good staff or somebody that they think could be a good staff mm -hmm. and fixing those mistakes and those issues that they have with people than trying to cut somebody and find somebody else like in the, and while everything else is going on. Um, cause that's like a big hassle for, for like an employer to make that's, and it's easier to just keep that person around and fix the issues that they have going on. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so that was great. Um, I know personally when I, when I've made mistakes and what I'll do in the future, probably cause obviously we never stop growing as humans. Mm -hmm. We never stop making mistakes. No. Um, I, I just, I try to own up to it and I try to make the best of what I could in that situation. If I, maybe if I said something, I'd apologize. I'd, I'd tell people if it's a big enough deal, like, Hey, just want to let you know, I did do this. Um, and I did do this, but I understand if he comes or if she comes or something comes up and they talk about it or anything like that, I I'm responsible for it and I will take full responsibility. And I've, I just learned that from my, my dad, my parents have really taught me discipline well, and I'm really appreciate it. And I love my parents. So one last question, a little, little transition trying to, but what kind of comedy do you like? And can you tell us a joke? Um, I'm a really big fan of the comedian Pete Holmes. He has a podcast, uh, but not as good as this one, right? I don't know. He's got. <laughs> he's had some crazy people. Like he had, he's had like John Mulaney on a couple times. Oh, really? Just like conversations with them. Uh, Deepak Chopra, on. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. I don't, but I like the name. Yeah, Deepak Chopra is like the super spiritual guy. Um, like really cool stuff. Um, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne on there. Uh, he could have had him. Um, uh, but like yeah, like tons of comedians on it. I think you'd probably really like it. Um, and it's a, like a very similar format with like that conversational feel. Mm -hmm. Um, but like Pete Holmes, big fan, uh, John Mulaney, sometimes Nick Kroll depends on what it is. Like big mouth, really funny. Uh, Oh, the show, big the mouth? show, big mouth, really funny. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. Um, uh, it's on my, it's in my brain because, uh, well, I guess I don't really want to do, like, some other person's bits. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of jokes that I normally do. Honestly. So you're, like, uh, very impromptu. Yeah, honestly, my, my kind of humor, if it's, if it's like, super covered in cheese, I will love it. Just because I don't, I won't think the joke is funny itself, but because that you decided to do such a lame or overused joke, mm. I find it kind of dumb. And that's what I find hilarious, is that, mm. just that you told a dumb joke, not laughing at the person, but just that you chose to do that joke, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, yeah. you could you could do like the, uh, the 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 knock knock. Who's there? Orange, orange who? Orange, orange who? Orange, orange you glad I didn't say orange again? Yeah. Like yeah. it's so stupid. I love it. It's just yeah. 
comedies like that. It's it's, it's subjective. It's so subjective. It's super subjective, and that's mm-hmm. that's super hard to nail down. Unless you like, I've always wanted to be able to read people perfectly. Yeah. Like that, I want to do as a superpower, or walking on water. Mm-hmm. Like those two things are just the, because if with the um, if I can read people well, then I can I can know what kind of humor they like, and I can yeah. tell a joke depending on that. Because I've always tried to be a funny guy. I've always loved. I always love entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's the career path I'm choosing in the yeah. future is entertainment, and I've always wanted to make everyone laugh at least once on camp. Um, I didn't succeed last year, mm-hmm. and I probably want to su- succeed this year, especially with the shorter span. Yeah, it's it's always really hard. Yeah, especially with like the shorter year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really all, always really challenging to read people. I think you always you always have to find out that you're not always 100 percent accurate. Oh, absolutely, definitely, especially with camp with how diverse everybody is here. Um, yeah. yeah, it's complete. You could definitely think of someone's this way, and then you chill with them in the cabin, and they're they act a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I think, yeah, program and outside of program are very different too. Yeah, even people like inside of camp and outside of camp can be very different. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I know it's it's a job here, so mm-hmm. obviously you're gonna have a work ethic um, that reflects how you work. I mean, how you act here uh, compared to if you were to hang at someone's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, okay. some under my breath comment oh, about sure. it. Always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, with everything in mind, um, I just want to say thank you so much yeah, again absolutely. for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, if you have any last words, comments, wishes, desires, things like that, you want to give out. Not too much. Stay self-aware. Always keep improving. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. You've been watching Papa Purpy's podcast, and you have yourself a good night. <laughs>